What is up, what is up, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, the Twitter, at RMK Madness. Thank you very much. Please, and thank you very much. So, welcome back. Hope everyone has had a good and safe weekend. I've had a very lazy weekend sitting around waiting for packages to come. Because I have birthday stuff coming up for my soon-to-be six-year-old. I have some stuff coming for my drums. Some drum pads. So I could get my drums set up and start playing those again. Very exciting. I was also kind of sitting around waiting for an invite from the Scott Fish Bowl. <laughs> I realized, see, it's my first year ever signing up for the Scott Fish Bowl. Because I told myself I wasn't going to sign up for this, even though I feel like a play and it wouldn't be bad. Like, I could compete in these leagues. But I didn't want to because I, I wanted to get... I've been trying to do this fantasy stuff for a while, and I wanted to get to a point where I was somewhat established. So I was like, hey, let's wait till I get, you know, a certain point with the podcast. Or you get some articles written, something like that. And since I now am technically a writer for the Roto Underworld and PlayerProfiler.com, given that, I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sign up. For the Scott Fishbowl. Now I realized when signing up. There's a little box. Where you can put in. You know comments. Whatever you want. <coughs> Excuse me. And. I've come to realize. Lots of people put things there. <laughs> and I did not. I put nothing. And then I realized after I submitted it. I should have put. I wanted to wait. Until I got my first article published. Before signing up. Because. It's true. I wanted to wait till I hit like a milestone in my fantasy analyst pursuit. I wanted to hit a milestone before I signed up for the Scott Fishbowl League. Because I, I just didn't want to be... You see a lot of people on Twitter just like almost begging to get in. I saw one guy, <laughs> or maybe Scott Fish himself posted it that someone put it in their comments something about i don't really have time for it anyway so if i don't get in it's no big deal like quit being an asshole okay it's a cool thing scott fish puts together and if you get in it awesome if you don't don't be a bitch don't get butt hurt like so many people try to get into this and you gotta think he's gonna try and cover all the top fantasy analysts Right? I'm sure he's made friends and such along the way doing this for so long. He's going to get those people a spot. So then it comes down to the rest of us. And I thought, hey, maybe since I am technically writing for Player Profiler and since I do have my own podcast, maybe that gives me a little bit of a leg up. Maybe that, uh, you know, will help me get in. <laughs> so I started doing the same shit that everybody else is doing. But I'm not complaining. I'm just like, hey, maybe that'll help me get in. But I didn't sign up thinking that. Like, there's a box where it asks you, do you do any kind of analyzing for the community? It doesn't say that exactly. But, and I'm like, yes, well, 
As a matter of fact, I have a podcast, Fantasy Madness, and I am in the Roto Underworld Player Profiler writing program. But I didn't put anything in the comment box. And I feel like if I had an edge, being in the fantasy analyst world, that edge was taken the fuck away <laughs> by myself for not putting a damn thing in the comment box. So, I may be waiting till next year. <laughs> it is no big deal. Like, it, it, it's cool. I, I have plenty of fantasy... Now I'm starting to sound like the other guy. I do have plenty of stuff in the fantasy world that on my own to do. So it would definitely be one extra thing. But man, would it be a blast. I always hear about it. I always hear about it from the Podfather on his podcast. You hear about it on Twitter. I'm just... You know, it sounds like a blast. But if I don't get in, that's okay. I got plenty of stuff to keep me busy. And I'm sure I'll get in eventually. Especially if I keep... But you notice this year, he's trying to get anybody that signed up for a few years in a row and haven't been able to get in. He's making sure to get those guys. So I'll get in eventually, right? You all get in eventually. Chill the fuck out. But, you know... It would be nice to get in this year. It would be. It'd kind of put a nice little cherry on 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 top of everything that uh, I've been doing recently. But I'm not gonna sit here and get over hopeful, and I'm not gonna get down if it don't come. Cause shit happens. And like I said, I'll get in a There we go. Already again. Already again. You suck, you jackass. I know. I know. Sometimes I'm working on it. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Congrats to anybody listening who is already in the Scott Fish Bowl. I say congratulations. Go kick some ass. I will try and do the same if I happen to get in. Otherwise, I will save that. And I will use it next year. Yes, if I get in next year, I will say, Ah, I did not get to kick ass last year, so I will kick ass this year. Anyway. Protests continue in America, which is a good thing. Because if you notice, they did get all four of those cops in the George Floyd murder. Now, we'll see exactly what happens with that. Because charging these fucking cops, actually getting through the whole process to where you actually put these cocksuckers in prison, is a whole different story. So, we got to remain hopeful. But there's still things to fight for. Particularly... When our president is acting the way he is, although it does seem like he's backed off a little bit. <laughs> but it's infuriating watching some of this because so many people, I, so many people on the side of the president, the Trumpers, the Trumpets, you know, they're a mixed bag. I think there's a lot of them that are just uh, complete bags of shit, to be honest. <laughs> But there's also some who I just think are fucking ignorant and are buying into shit that they read and that they see and they're not uh, doing enough thinking for themselves, to be quite honest. Even though that's a common accusation made against, you know, us, people like us, is that we're sheep and we just listen to all the me. It's like, no, do you, you see all the stuff that's going on on Twitter that isn't on the news? So I did you fuck off with that. 
But one of the most disgusting things to me is people using the flag or the Bible to hide their prejudices. Like, the NFL you saw has kind of had a change of heart about how they view this thing. And you heard about Drew Brees. See, I didn't get in enough talking about Drew Brees in the last episode. Because what happened was, I had it marked down on my sheet to talk about it. Well, in both my podcasts. And then I touched on it in one. And I was like, well, I'll talk about it more in the fantasy one. Because it's football related. And then I just didn't. And I'm not sure why. But you got a lot of people using the flag to hide their prejudice. Drew Brees came out and said what he did. He apologized. He has since apologized several times. He's even made a comment to the president because the president was like, oh, Drew Brees never should have apologized. Drew Brees never should have apologized, okay? He's a fantastic, fantastic white human being, and he never should have apologized. I know my Trump sucks. My Trump sucks. I did. I got nothing. I got nothing to say to that. My Trump sucks. You suck. And that's enough of that. Anyway, so the NFL finally comes out and says, because the, the NFL players put together this very thoughtful, awesome video, like, hey, what if I were George Floyd? What if one of us? What are you going to do about this, NFL? It's kind of the feel of it. Well, I, what if I was George Floyd? Well, you know what? I am George Floyd. I am Ahmaud Arbery. And they start going through names. Black Lives Matter. Pretty fucking awesome video. Hits you in the feelers. You know what I mean? And the NFL... Well, Roger Goodell came out in a little video and said, we support, we were sorry, we made mistakes. And so they're kind of changing their tune. So you got all these different people that were essentially on the president's side now turning against him. And this is happen, happening throughout. Like, you see a lot of people at the Pentagon aren't happy with uh, Mr. Trump. There's a lot of Republicans not happy with... I shouldn't say a lot. Some Republicans... <laughs> So, like, not everybody is on board with the Trump train, if you know what I mean. And Drew Brees and the NFL coming out and saying it. And you got people saying, hey, he shouldn't have to, Drew Brees shouldn't have to take back what he said. And it's like, well, if you're being ignorant and you get new information, then you tend to change your point of view. Yes, he was clearly being ignorant. For any of those still using the, it's a disrespect to the flag. No, it's not. Like, if you want to have that opinion that it's disrespectful to the flag, fine. But if you're going to go so far as to say you're going to stop watching the NFL because why? Because players will kneel during the anthem, which is a peaceful protest. And all of you bitching about what's going on right now. Hey, people tried to make you aware peacefully. And you know what? They're still doing it peacefully. Most of the rioting and looting and shit like that is either incited by the other side or, hey, just like with cops, there's some not cool people. It's every profession, every race, everything. There's some, I hate using the whole bad apples thing, but it's true. You got to oust those motherfuckers, though. Something some groups are good at. Something... Obviously, the cops are not. <laughs> then I saw a guy on Twitter, like, what, you know, because there was a conversation about Drew Brees and being homophobic and things like that. And he's like, 
It is literally against our religion as Christians to be okay with homophobia, something like that. I have family members that are gay. I love them very much, but do not agree with their lifestyle. We have good relationships. You know how they feel when you're sitting there like my religion says what you're doing is wrong. They got to feel shitty. And you know what? That's just you using your religion because as I said on Twitter to this motherfucker, my wife is Christian. She supports gay rights. This ain't about religion. Quit using that as an excuse. And if you literally think the Bible says being gay is wrong, read that shit again. It's true. Read that shit again. <laughs> but I digress. You know, this is the Fantasy Podcast. You get a lot more of my views, political and otherwise, on my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris, which is also anywhere you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, obviously. And you can always check at RMK Madness on Twitter to find all of my content. But I do think it's important to keep talking about this stuff because it's important a part of what's going on in America right now. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Still a lot of work to be done. And even though there's more important stuff happening, the NFL is going to keep churning, which means fantasy football is going to keep churning, which means I'm going to do my best, even though there's a ton of other shit going on in the world right now. And there's much, as I said, more important things. But I'm going to keep rolling myself as best as I can to try and keep the content rolling because, A, I've got to have some shit to do. When I'm not, I'm not working, <laughs> you know, I can't go protest because my wife is high risk. I can only do what I can do really from home <laughs> and... So that's limited. So I got to have stuff to keep me big. Idle hands is the devil's playground, they say. <laughs> but it's true for me. It, it, it is. I got I to gotta stay busy. I'm one of those individuals. I have to stay busy. So I'm going to keep rolling with the fantasy shit. I'm going to keep putting out content. So keep up on my Twitter feed so you don't miss a damn thing. Because everybody's going to need a break at some point from everything going on in the world. And hey... We got some NBA and NHL planning their comebacks. Maybe not so much with baseball. And then we got football on the horizon. Hey, sports is coming and it's going to be a, a good, healthy way to take a break from all the serious stuff in the world. Because even though that stuff's important, we got to keep pressuring, especially with the protesting and whatnot. I think while sports will give us a break, it will also keep adding to that. Because all the athletes, just like in football, they're going to kneel. Athletes, what are you going to do? They're going to keep speaking up. They're going to keep speaking their minds. So we're going to get sports back, which is great for that reason. And that, hey, we finally get some entertainment. But B, they're going to keep this rolling, this fight, which we need to keep rolling. So with that said, let's keep the fantasy chatter rolling, shall we? And let's get to it. Let's get to the madness. Welcome to the madness. Yes, 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 yes. And of course, we are going to get into what did I mention last week? What did I mention? Superflex drafting. 
and a little bit of league-winning running backs because that will be my next article coming out this week. I should have two coming out this week. Hopefully, everybody checked out the last one on playerprofiler.com. Check my Twitter to make sure you get all that content. At RMK Madness. Anyway, Superflex drafting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting ready to start yet another one. And I really liked the strategy that I used this year. I've talked about it a little bit already. But what I ended up doing, we had a 12-team Superflex, okay? And I ended up going receivers in their prime, super young running backs, like rookies, sophomores. And then I ended up having to go QB a little earlier than I wanted to. But even then, I feel like I did okay on the quarterback front. Not great. I didn't get one of those uh, scrambling guys like I wanted to. But they flew off the board. <laughs> that's just early for me for quarterback, even in a super flex. So, that's okay. I can get one. There will be plenty of more of those kinds of guys coming into the NFL. So, I'll be fine. Not worried about quarterback. And then, I did pretty good at tight end. I would say. So let's go ahead and I'm going to give you a rundown of exactly how I did. So I think I did actually read this on the last podcast, but again, just go through it one more time. Quarterback, Drew Locke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marcus Mariota, Tua, I got me some Tua Tungavailoa, that's right, and Jalen Hurts. So basically what I did was when people started snatching all the quarterbacks, I saw Tua and I took him. It was a few rounds later, or no, I actually went back to back. I take that back, which isn't a bad idea in a super flex. I actually think that once you see that quarterbacks are going to start going, go ahead and get yourself a couple. (laughs) Because then you could just not fucking worry about it for a while. And that's basically what I did. I took Drew Locke right after, the round after, I took Tua. So I had those two young guys, okay? Now, I have a little more faith that Drew Locke is going to be good. You know, there's a lot of a consensus going around kind of that, how good is Drew Locke? What's it going to be? And you, you look at his stats and they're not great. And, it, you know, he they won the four out of five, but it's not like he lit up, you know, how am I trying to say? Look at that. Fucking train derailed. Just like that. Just like that. I know, just fucking ridiculous. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Let's get fucking in gear, in gear, Mr. Chatter. Let's go. Anyway, apologies. (laughs) But I think a lot of people are sleeping on Drew Locke, okay? He did have that one pretty good game in Houston. And I know... One of the big things about him is his decision-making. But I tell you what can really help a fucking quarterback in his decision-making. Okay? A well-run offense, which the Broncos now have Pat Shermer. I understand people want to doubt Pat Shermer because of his ability as a head coach, (laughs) basically. 
But if you look at he did, what he did with that Vikings offense and Case Keenum, okay, I think he can put together, when he's the OC, I think he's fucking solid, man, Pat Shermer. So I think he's going to put together a good offense. And then what else is great for not only young developing quarterbacks, but quarterbacks who maybe have some, some flaws, some issues. That's surround them with fucking talent. They already have Cortland Sutton. Noah fan. Could still throw in Deshaun Hamilton, because I still like him. You got fucking Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman. Oh, and then this offseason, you add Melvin Gordon, who I think is a very fucking underrated signing. And again, you look at the Pat Shermer offense. Don't you think Melvin Gordon will get used a bit like Dalvin Cook? I know I fucking do. So big ups on Melvin Gordon this season. And then you, in the draft, add Jerry Judy. And who else? KJ Hamler. So now you've got this complete awesome fucking offense full of weapons. If Drew Luck isn't any good in this offense, a Pat Shermer offense with so many weapons, then yeah, he he's terrible. Because <laughs> he's set up pretty well, right? So I, I'm just a little bit higher on him. I feel good at him as a quarterback, and I think he... There's not a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, even some of the quarterbacks we, we really like, they're not in as good a position. Russell Wilson? Offensive line's a little questionable. The coaching in Seattle's a little questionable. You know what I mean? Like, you can look at guys and go, ah, Deshaun Watson. Although I do think a lot of people are like, without Hopkins there, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to be as effective? Well, I think what you're looking at is Houston's going to have like four guys they can go to because they got Stills, Cobb, Brandon Cooks, if you study the whole thing. Still got Kiki Kuti, Will Fuller. They're going to have many uh, options <laughs> to roll out there. But still, I mean, I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. If you put him in a much better situation, what he possibly could have done the past couple of years. If you put him in Patrick Mahomes' situation. So I do think Drew Locke's got one of the better situations. Okay. So I went Drew Locke, Tua, back to back. And then later on, People were starting to grab all those late quarterbacks. I wanted to get Jameis Winston. I missed him. So I grabbed Ryan Fitzpatrick just because I thought, okay, in case Tua starts the year on the bench or he spends most of the year on the bench, at least I've got a second for sure quarterback. Then later on, I grabbed Jalen Hurts. Now, we don't know entirely, well, exactly what his future is going to be, but it does seem like they're going to find packages to use him, and then eventually he'll be the number two quarterback. And Carson Wentz does get hurt, so I felt that was a good pick. And then I also grabbed Marcus Mariota. And basically what I did was later in the draft, I just got guys, because I figure if it comes down to it, I can roll one quarterback. Okay, and that's what you have to realize in Superflex. You don't have to roll two quarterbacks. Especially if one of your bench running backs can score just as much or more than one of your quarterbacks. 
Shut up, cat. <laughs> so, you, you just kind of... I guess my point is, don't... Don't go so crazy with the quarter black... Quarter black... Blah. <laughs> I am really struggling with this talking thing today. What the fuck is going on? Anyway. Quarterbacks. Yes. Don't overhype them in your head, man. Because you can survive with one good one. You just want to make sure you're getting your other position solid. You're going to be fine. So, that's what I did. I, I got those two starters. Two and Drew. And then I took some chances later on. I grabbed Fitz to make sure I just had some stability. Grabbed Mariota on the off chance. He takes over for Carr and finds this fucking groove. And then Jalen Hurts. So, quarterback position is looking pretty good. Go down to running back. Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, Darius Geis, Justice Hill, Damian Harris. Antonio Gibson, Josh Kelly. So a lot of rookies. Like I said, I wanted to go young. My guy's right off the bat, Jonathan Taylor. Cam Akers. I was hoping to get J.K. Dobbins. But he went shortly before my pick, so I went with my third favorite running back, Cam Akers. Because I'm not, I know a lot of people are big on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I'm sure he'll be good. I'm just, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something, part of it is what some people, some people think he's going to be great. Some people question him. I have a hard time with the smaller guys. I guess. And some of these guys are smaller, you know, Akers isn't much bigger. But I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. And the KC offense. I mean, they just have so many guys there. I believe Edwards Hilaire is in the top five, and I'm sure he'll have a few good years. But I guess me, I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. Those are really, for me, the top three. And then we go Edwards Hilaire and Swift. That's my opinion. Rare as it may be. So I'm very happy I got Akers and Taylor, and then you throw Geis in there. And I know some people question him, but I'm like, if he can stay healthy, hey, even if, you know, the Redskins' love for Antonio Gibson is real, well, fuck, I got him on my taxi squad, so I'm good there. And then they'll just trade Geis. But I think he's going to come out the gate strong. And I'm very excited for him. So, I feel really good about my running backs. Damien Harris. Whew, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. And then we move on to the wide receivers. Okay? I went wide receiver, first two picks. Okay? Third pick was Jonathan Taylor. Fourth pick, I came back around because I didn't see many running backs I liked there. And I went wide receiver again. So three of the first four rounds, I went wide receiver. And this is who I ended up with. Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, and Allen Robinson. Booyah. Potentially three wide receiver ones. Thomas should be up there. Godwin should be up there. And Allen Robinson was nearly there last year, and he gets a little bit of an uptick at the quarterback position. I think he'll hit it this year. And then on the bench, again, I've often said with strategy, go upside. And as you can see, I did that with running backs because I went Joshua Kelly. There's upside there for the Chargers. Well, speaking of running backs again, Damian Harris, like I said, we'll get into. 
So then, wide receivers. Okay, I got myself Devin Funches, because that is, to me, is upside. He's still only fucking 26. The Packers literally did nothing else in the draft. In the offseason, period. For that position. And they got some guys there. But do they really have anybody besides Devontae Adams? I could see a bounce-back season for Funches. And he's still young enough. And I think, if anything, they gave him a little bit of money. I mean, it's not enough to guarantee his roster spot. But if he makes the roster, I imagine they win. It's literally the only thing they did for the wide receiver position. And so so I just feel like he's going to be a part of it. And we'll see what he can do. But I also got Traquan Smith because I still believe in him. Michael Pittman, the rook. And then uh, LaVisca Chenault, the other rook. I had two of my favorite wide receiver rookies this year. So I'm very excited about that. And then tight end, I got TJ Hawkinson and Irv Smith. Now, we still got some roster spots. So I'm going in with uh, some waivers coming in this week, hopefully. And I'll get to that in a second. But with TJ Hawkinson and Irv Smith, they're both so young. They both have so much potential, so much ability and they're just getting going. They're still super young. Fucking about both 21, right? Yeah. And they're both going into their second season. Some knowledge under their belt. Hawkinson did, showed some flash last year, man. Little banged up. So I feel really good. And then about my squad, about my draft, how I did. And then for my waivers... I grabbed a couple more tight ends. Josh Oliver, who, as you know from my previous article, I'm big on. I think he's going to have an impact this year. And he could potentially be the Jaguars' tight end of the future. And then Moali Cox. Because as much as I like Jack Doyle, who I wrote about, they don't have much else. They signed Trey Burton, who's garbage. Moali Cox is a big dude. If, if... Anything happens to Jack Doyle, and even if Jack Doyle is still there, you remember last year, Doyle and Ebron. What happens when you enter Mo Cox? He's been there. They know him. Yes, they signed Trey Burton, but as I said, garbage. And he's a newbie. Mo Cox could become a weapon on this offense. Just saying. I grabbed Travis Homer. He is someone I will talk about in a little bit as well. And then Dareoga Mewale, because I like him as well. He could definitely hit this year and he seems to already be working out with Brady like Brady's new James White which I've heard mentioned a few times so just some guys I kind of like and who I'm looking at so just wanted to pass it on along but I think the biggest thing when you're entering that kind of draft is to kind of keep in mind you know don't get super anxious about quarterback okay you want to try and get one of these scramblers but you don't want to go and get a guy too high Because you really want to get that core of receivers and running backs. To me, that's always the most important shit. And again, wide receivers in their prime, young running backs. That's what I like to do. You know, ones in the first few years. Tight end is as deep as it's ever been. So like me, I I hit Hawkinson, Irv Smith. And because I was dicking around with quarterback at the end of the draft, taking guys like Mariota and Hurts, I didn't really get to hit on some of the other tight ends. I would have liked to get one more because I like to have tight ends. Like, I like to have enough of them, you know. 
and Ian Thomas hung around for a while, and I would have liked to have gotten him, but that's okay. I'm getting some guys on the waiver wire. And worst case scenario, I really like the setup of my team. If these most of these guys pop like I think so, I'm going to have spares to be able to trade for tight end, quarterback, etc. So, it's not all bad. It's looking pretty good. But tight end is definitely deep, deeper than it's been in a while. And like I said, get that solid core in the first four rounds. Then you can start thinking about quarterback, tight end, your bench players with upside. And that's just the way I always do it. And remember, try and aim for that kind of stuff because you can always make trades, man. And trading is a blast anyway. So I already mentioned a couple of the running backs in in this Superflex because I happen to, well, draft them or have a waiver in there, in for them. <laughs> and the other, the ones I didn't draft, honestly, I'm a little bummed uh, I didn't get them. But these are, to me, league-winning running backs to target this year. Now, you're going to have your studs, but remember, inevitably... With football comes injury, running backs are going to get hurt. Sometimes running backs take a step back and maybe someone elsewhere on the depth chart takes a step up. Things happen every year at the running back position. And particularly now in the NFL where you've got, uh, you know, a lot of teams not wanting to give guys big second contracts and, and because the ones that do tend to go downhill girly. And people point to Zeke, but Zeke's year was not that bad last year, man. He just came in a little rough. <laughs> but it's Zeke. It's fucking Zeke. He's about as solid and consistent as you get. So don't harp on him too much. But aside from that, you really want those bench running backs. Again, upside. Guys that you can count you want. You want people you can count on. But you want them with upside. And we'll get into this. And especially if you can get them at value. Okay? Like for my first example, Matt Breida. ADP right now is 88.41. That's 6th, 7th round, right? So, with him, he was quite the player for San Francisco. Efficient, big playability. He's explosive. But he just never, because of the style they have and the system they run, he just never got a, a lion's share of carries. Now he's in Miami. And they don't have shit there except for fucking Jordan Howard, who they got during the offseason. And I've always felt he was garbage. Now, he's had moments of being okay. But to me, he's still garbage. And I think Matt Breida's finally going to get his chance at like a feature role. And if he does, I guarantee he will outplay his draft position. He will outproduce where you are getting him. And he could be a league winner. Saying he is the best example I have. 
But then I got a few more names. And the last one I mentioned is actually the best value that I have. But before we get into him, because we got a couple other names, we go next to Duke Johnson, ADP of 135.47. So that gets a little later, double-digit rounds. Now we're getting into double-digit round running backs, okay? Now Duke Johnson, I know a lot of people have been waiting for him to break out for a long fucking time, right? And it has not happened. Part of that being he's played for two teams that don't seem to really, really realize what he can do and be. Unless he's just, I don't know. Because you look at his efficiency, his production, and all of that, and he's fucking amazing. So I'm not quite sure where the disconnect is there and why he's not getting more touches but now you have no more Carlos Hyde who he played second fiddle to last year you have no more Lamar Miller you have guys like fucking Karan Higdon on the bench it is literally the two Johnsons and last I checked in with David Johnson last year he was disappointing the shit out of me after acquiring him in a ton of leagues because I thought he's got a couple more years left and he's got to be on a great offense Nope. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have David Johnson, I personally unloaded him anywhere I could. But if you have David Johnson, I'm sure he's going to be a nice depth piece. Because he will get touches. My problem is, is that he's not been as efficient. And although he did play decent for a few games in the beginning of last year, but he's not the same dude. And he's having a harder time staying healthy, seemingly. And all that has to be taken into account. What the fuck do you think happens if David Johnson gets hurt? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> they're fucked. But they're not. Because they have Duke Johnson. And maybe that's why they didn't do anything else at the running back position. Maybe they're confident in that. Maybe they're like, hey, we'll roll with David. And if it doesn't work out, hey, at least... We've got Duke. I don't know. But I know this much. You're going to get production from Duke. So he's going to give you solid bench production. And then again, the upside of what he could become should David Johnson not work out or get hurt again. So he's number two on my list. Number three, Damian Harris from the Patriots. 214.76.76 is his ADP right now. Super late in fucking drafts. But let me ask you something. Was Sony Michelle all that spectacular last year? No. Now, everybody was expecting last year that Damian Harris would come in and either challenge Sony Michelle for the starting job or would at least be in there as like a 1B scenario type thing. But people had forgotten about James White. Now, this year might be a different story. Patriots are turning a new page, right? No more Tom Brady. No more Gronk. Things are going to be different in New England. They also have shit for cap space. So, I could see Rex Burkhead going bye-bye, right? Then you've still got Brandon Bolden, who doesn't do a lot as running back, more special teams and whatnot. But then you've got James White. But if you get rid of, rid of Burkhead, you've just got those guys, right? Damian Harris, I think, is going to... It's already been stated that he's going to get more play in his second year. 
How much more play? We'll see. How effective is Sony Michelle going to be? How involved will James White be? Will he still even be on the team? Maybe this is the time they want to save some more money and they get rid of James White. And they say, okay, we're going to go ahead and roll that one-two punch. Maybe this year it happens. Maybe we were just people that thought that was going to happen last year. And I was included. Maybe we just were a year early. (laughs) But I do believe in Damian Harris this year. And I do think he's going to get his run with the Patriots. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if he outperforms anybody. Or if, due to injury or whatever, he works his way in there. So you can see where I'm going with this. That the first couple of guys, they're going to get you points. Okay? But they could potentially kill it for you. Darian Harris is a little bit more of a flyer, as is the last name on my list. But this is definitely where I'm saying shoot for upside. This is that part of your bench where you get later in the draft. And there's not really any consistent production you can count on, points you can count on. It's more lottery tickets, right? But you want to be smart with your lottery tickets. You want to try and get the best bets you can. So I turn to, after Damian Harris, Travis Homer of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, as we know, Seattle likes to run the ball a whole fucking lot. Okay? They have Chris Carson. They obviously like Chris Carson, but they don't love Chris Carson. They like Chris Carson because they keep putting him out there, but they don't love Chris Carson because they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round, because they have brought in Carlos Hyde, because they know he is not a top-tier back, and he has a bit of a fumbling issue. Now, should anything happen with Chris Carson? It'll likely become the Carlos Hyde show. Only everybody out there saying that Carlos Hyde is a great late round pickup. He should be excellent in Seahawks. Let let me explain something. Carlos Hyde has not been good. Hermione, that's my cat. Hermione, shh. She does this sometimes. She just meows non-fucking-stop. And it's ridiculous. Hermione! Bitch. (laughs) Anyway, I continue. I continue. I keep on. I keep on. So, Carlos Hyde has never been real great. He's shown little things here and there. Nothing spectacular, right? He's always been a meh kind of player. Meh. But, last year in Houston, he wasn't terrible. But Houston's got a decent offensive line, particularly with the run blocking. And really, that's the hope for David Johnson, if you have David Johnson this year, is that it's it, Houston is a team that likes to run, and they can run the ball. Now we'll see how effective the old man is, but it's the same thing with Carlos Hyde. They're about the same age. Carlos Hyde was never as good as David Johnson. And maybe he hasn't suffered the injuries David Johnson has. But he was only solid. He wasn't great last year, but he was okay, solid. On a team that was good at running the ball. Now, you go to Seattle, and yes, they're another team good at running the ball. But that's because they run it a lot. 
They don't have the best of offensive lines. And to me, you look at this and you go, okay, if they really want a guy that can really explode, and it's not all about the offensive line, I'm not sure that guy is Carlos Hyde. (laughs) Now, Chris Carson has done all right, okay, but Carlos Hyde? He had to have things go pretty right for him in Houston last year for him to be just good. You know what I mean? Travis Homer. Listen to these fucking metrics. Oh, by the way, Travis Homer, best comparable player, Matt Breida. That's right, Matt Breida. The first guy on this list. So you're talking about a Matt Breida clone who, yes, You could look at it and say he's very much behind on the depth chart, okay? But you also got to look at it as Rashad Penny. He's going to be on the pup list, okay, for the first half of the season, which is why they signed Carlos Hyde. I already explained away Carlos Hyde. So then you're just like, they got Chris Carson, the guy that's been there, the guy that they have doubts about. That's why they keep getting other guys in. But who's going to really impress, if you ask me? Travis Homer. Year two in the system, right? Year two in the system. 5'10", 201 pounds. Upper percentile, 40-yard dash, speed score. He's got 94th fucking percentile burst score. College yards per carry, 6. College target share, 39%. Or 39th percentile, which isn't great. But... There's a lot to like about this profile, man. And if he's anything like Brita, he's an explosive playmaker, okay? And maybe not your typical three-down back, but I definitely think they can be in a future role, okay? And so who's to say that by the time Rashad Penny is ready to come back, that it's not Travis Homer leading that backfield. Too many fumbles or an injury to Carson, and then you got Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer. And I reiterate, Carlos Hyde is not great. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying Travis Homer is, but he's pretty fucking good, potential-wise. So, that's what I got for you. Those are my ideas for the league winning running backs that you can get at value in later rounds other than Matt Breida, all in double digits. So keep that in mind as you go forward in these drafts that you want upside on your bench. And guys like this, get a couple guys like Breida, Johnson, that you know are going to get touches, but that could really blow past their ADP as far as the output they give you. And then Damian Harris, Travis Homer. Lottery tickets, dart throws, but solid ones. And that's what you want to do. You want to find those lottery tickets that have the best chance. These are two guys I really, really like. So all four of them, I love. That's my list. We're going to take a quick break. I got to wet the whistle. You know what I mean? Take a little drink. Take a little drink. And we'll be back to close up shop and get out of here.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And I, I feel much better. I, I, I can't describe the feeling of trying... What I was trying to do there at the end of that last segment, trying to suppress this cough because my throat was so fucking dry from all the ranting I was doing. But I'm good now. I got some water down the gullet, wetted my whistle as they say. You know what I mean? Mustard? Mustard? Sorry, just watched Alice in Wonderland not too long ago. That was actually yesterday with the kids, yeah. It's my, actually, my kids' first time seeing it. Um, so that was a blast. But it had been a minute, and you know me, I'm the mad chatter, very similar to, obviously, the mad adder. And so it had been a minute, and I wanted to check it out. And it was a blast. It really was. I forgot how much I enjoyed that movie, especially that part with the Mad Hatter and the March Hare. I love those guys. And the Cheshire Cat and the Cat. But you know what? It's just fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. Although I will say, every time I see it, I always think the story with the oysters is just a little morbid for the kids. Because <laughs> he eats all of them. The walrus fucking eats them all. All the oyster kids. It's just kind of fucked up. Anyway, anyway. Continuing on. <laughs> We're going to go ahead, close up shop, get the fuck out of here. I hope everybody has a good Monday, a good week. We will chat later on in the week. And you know what? Stay positive. We're making a difference in the world. And hey, there's still a lot of work to be done, but... You know what? We got to keep fighting for what's right. If you know what I mean. Keep fighting for what fighting for what's right. Man, I tell you what, my talking today is terrible. You would think that I I would have never fucking done this before, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, mad chatter indeed. But I hope your week is well. And I hope you have great luck in your drafting. Nail some of those league-winning running backs that I spoke of. Don't forget to check out all of my content on Twitter. The Twitter at RMK Madness. Yes, check out all my content. My fantasy football articles, my other podcast miscellaneous debris. Check it all out. I'd appreciate it. Like, subscribe, all that great, wonderful stuff. Follow, yeah, yeah. Next episode, I'll get into some rookie busts from 2019 that are ready to strike in 2020. That'll also be the other article I have coming out at some point this week. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, everybody, all the love in the world from me to you. Stay safe, stay vigilant, and we'll chat soon. Peace out!